Thank you so much for tuning in to NL Newsday here on this Tuesday, October the 5th. Now, unfortunately, there's no Blue Jays game of the week here on Radio NL as Toronto came up just one win short of playing a 163rd game this year. Despite the disappointment, though, I think it is beyond fair to call this a very successful season for a team that was forced to play home games in three different cities. They were tied for the most wins against teams with records above 500. They had a plus 183 run differential. Vladdy Jr. was in the MVP conversation most of the season. Robbie Ray emerged as the team's ace and a probable Cy Young winner. I mean, there's no shortage of good news stories that come along with this team. So to reflect on what was an incredibly fun ride, I'm pleased to be joined by the radio voice of the Blue Jays. You heard him each Tuesday here on Radio NL, Ben Wagner. Ben, thanks for the time. And I guess, how you feeling here now, two days removed from that Rafael Devers home run that basically ended the Blue Jays' playoffs hopes here? Oh, my goodness. You know, I, I'm looking down at the black and blue mark. I think that every Blue Jay fan still has on their ribs uh, after watching that one and watching what happened in New York. You know, the, the Rays had a number of opportunities to win that ball game over the New York Yankees. Then, of course, the last of, of all the blows that the Blue Jay fans had to take is watching Rafi Devers. And, and the Nationals just give away not only one swing, to the Boston Red Sox, but cough up a 5-1 lead mm-hmm. after Toronto had, had already done what they needed to do, and that is absolutely go out and dominate a Baltimore club, uh, you know, to put themselves in a position. It, it's tough. It still stings. Um, you, could, you could feel the sense of business for the Blue Jays during that last home stand when they were on the field. They knew what they needed to accomplish. Obviously, you can go back and you can hash through every loss over the last couple of months and how big it really was in this club's effort to try to make that final push sure but there as you mentioned are a number of positive things to take away from a season that was was a a incredible grind it was very tough very successful on so many different levels especially within the division where you had those four 90 game winners all vying for a potential playoff berth um i guess you know you look at the baltimore series and and coming into that you know, it was just disappointing that they weren't able to win the series against the Yankees. And I, I thought, you know, coming out of that series with the Yanks, that if the Jays could sweep Baltimore, I was confident that they would at least be playing in a one-game playoff to get into the wild card uh, game itself. But they came up just short. I guess when you look back at those last two series and you, and you came up, you know, just a little bit shy against New York, is that sort of the point where maybe you, you felt like it, it's a long shot here, it's unlikely they'll do it, but the hope's still alive? Um, you know, I, I, my scope is a little bit wider versus just that series against the New York Yankees. That is a team that was right there and, and fledgling a little bit. You know, they were a very, very up and down club after that 13 game win streak in New York. So in very vulnerable in a number of ways, but the Yankees over the last two weeks of the regular season got a lot better with how they retooled their bullpen and they got inconsistent starts from Garrett Cole too, down the stretch and he's no slam dunk going into this wild card matchup against the Red Sox tonight by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you, you know, for me, you have to go back a few more layers and look at what the Blue Jays unfortunately did on that West Coast trip after coming back to Toronto, an amazing homestand. And you go out West and you only win two of the games of the four you played against the Angels. You have that devastating series, in my opinion, against the Seattle Mariners, where the Blue Jays made a little bit more of contenders out of a pretender. 
with the Seattle Mariners who played tremendous baseball in the month of September. Don't want to take anything away from their own effort, but the Blue Jays could have positioned themselves in a much better way in that series. And you drop two out of three, and of course the one with the bases loaded walk was just, you know, that was just devastating and set the tone for then going to Washington. If you remember, that's a two-game series sweep. There were a lot of games in the middle of August that put more pressure on the end of September, if you will for the Blue Jays, must-win games. They played great and sometimes dominated clubs that were having really, really successful seasons. But L.A., Seattle, Washington, those are teams you have to beat. And it made things a lot more difficult going into this home stretch here, going 2-4 and four against Seattle, not holding the tiebreakers, not putting themselves in a position to separate from another club, and then worrying about matchups and a lot of matchups against the New York Yankees in the month of September. So... Um, you know, you can focus a lot on what happened in the last couple of weeks, but for me, it's what's happened in the last couple of months and where were there moments that the Blue Jays fell short. That road trip was one specific. Another devastating loss, in my opinion, was the one in, in Detroit mm-hmm. on that Friday night where Victor Reyes, you know, pinch hits, gets the inside the park home run. That was what a moment that you wish – geez, the, the Blue Jays should have not been in that position. But you also have to look, that was a wake-up call, too. That was a springboard for a lot of success at the end of August, then into September, where the Blue Jays won 19 games in September. Uh, it's been a long time since the club won that amount of games in any month. So, uh, it, you know, you, you, you slice it up, you look at how the Blue Jays would have positioned themselves if they were playing in the West. If they were playing in the Central, yeah. which is kind of laughable, um, edge of the hit, they would have been runaway winners. And my God, we'd be sitting here talking right now about this team being this hot and perhaps even going to the World Series because of the way that they're able to just take over and dominate matchups and weeks at a time with the way that their offense is. So uh, long-winded way to say it's not just coming down to the last week and the last seven games. There are certainly a number of moments uh, that were difficult to to reexamine, and the Blue Jays, you know, weren't handed that many games by their opponents. You know, they didn't slip by and win games that they weren't supposed to win because they didn't play a lot of close games over the entire scope of the regular season. Um, but they knew where they fell short in a couple of ways, and they tried to address it. And the team did get better as the season continued to go on. Absolutely. Well, I mean, when we're talking 162-game season and you finish just one game short, uh, there's no there's no uh, small amount of moments you could look to to say, man, that could have made the difference if you just changed that one little thing. I'm sure every fan out there has one moment they point to where they say, oh, if that only that happened, we'd be in a completely different uh, situation here. But I digress from that. Let, let's start to look back at some of the um, highlights of this year. I mean, uh, you can talk about Vladdy Jr. Everyone's excited about him. But, man, I don't think people expected to get the season we did out of Marcus Semien. I mean, you know, we knew he had the caliber of this type of a player in him, but... To do what he did over this year and to be one of four guys on the team to have over 100 RBIs, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to see Bo kind of take the leap that he did on the defensive side over the last month and a half. Um, You know, even look at like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the month of September that he was having before. Unfortunately, his hand got stepped on and kind of, you know, uh, halted that uh, momentum that he had. But man, there's just the offense on this team. We knew it was good, but I didn't I don't know if I thought it was this good. Um, if you talk to people around the coaching staff, even in the beginning of spring training, uh, many people thought that the ability for Marcus Simeon was in there 
They expected more mature things and growth from Bo Bichette. I don't think that anybody would have thought, though, that Bo is going to be a base hit away from hitting 300. I mean, which is pretty remarkable. Now, he's had flashes of that in 19 when he first came up, in 2020, obviously, which was riddled by that knee injury as well, and he missed a month. But you know the abilities there for long stretches that he can hit at a high average with a lot of power. But his, his overall season was a product of adjustment and, and trying to search and find the best approach at the plate, while not only that, dealing with his defensive struggles. In April and May, nothing was sure-handed about Bo Bichette. Um, and he took a lot of challenges, and he put a lot of work in, and at the tail end of his post-game comments on Sunday, I think we finally got a sense, because, again, we were so far removed, and fans, obviously, were never allowed to be as close to this team as what they have been because of the pandemic and the coverage. Uh, it's just... There were so many walls and obstacles around covering the Blue Jays the last two years. We finally got a, a sense of the value of teammates with Bo Bichette, but also the influence of a teammate to Bo Bichette. And that was resonant for, with his words when he was talking about Marcus Simeon and the model of consistency that Marcus Simeon was. And I think that had a positive impact on Bo as a player offensively and certainly defensively, because they're very similar. You know, Marcus Simeon came up to the big leagues and he kicked it around and he led the league in errors. And even though Bo had a lot of errors this year, he got better. And his, his overall game got better. And that, that's really important. Um, you know, with, with Marcus Simeon, my God, where do you start with this guy? Uh, he played elite defense in a number of different roles that he'd never been asked to do, let alone the position change, just within the shifts, too. And then at the plate, the power, the average, the, the look at the home run, sure, but look at how many doubles he had too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is nuts with the speed. He stole a ton of bags for the Blue Jays for a guy that took a one-year flyer on himself with a position change to basically push chips into the middle, knowing that there would be a lot of pressure with a lot of moving pieces around shortstops this year. He made it known that he could do it on the other side of the bag, and I think that's just tremendous. Um, Not only Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in the month of September that you mentioned, but also Lourdes Gurriel Jr. really since the All-Star break, uh, where they found a couple of approaches and uh, a rhythm with him at the plate to make his approach better. And his his last 60, 70 games were out of this world. It might be career-changing, by the way. might be career-changing for him and what the Blue Jays, perhaps, because his name always seems to come up in trade deals, what he's been able to do to sweeten the pot and make the adjustments where your your return for Lourdes Gurriel Jr. may cost you Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and maybe one player versus three other players. You know, so that's a significant step, both for the player in Lourdes, but also for the franchise. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it's really remarkable. Teoscar Hernandez, MVP caliber season. MVP caliber season. He's going to mm-hmm. win a Silver Slugger. He had an amazing average. He, he was just he was incredible to watch. And may, he may be the most consistent hitter mm-hmm. in, the, in the Toronto Blue Jays lineup. I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Marcus and Bo, but there have been peaks and valleys with all those guys. Really, there were not. Once, once Teoscar came back from the COVID IL, he was an incredibly consistent player uh, on both sides. And then as you started with your conversation with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who didn't expect it? Well, I think everybody as a Blue Jay fan did expect it. And I'm, I'm rewinding the tape all the way to 2018 and 2019, where Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you know, was always sought as the top prospect, the savior that's coming. 
to, to launch this Blue Jays team into the next realm of success. And Vladdy came up for a 162 and did not disappoint. And, you know, there were a couple of blips along the way, but look at the overall 35,000 feet and just take great appreciation to what we witnessed with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I mean, show-stopping swings, incredible power, uh, conviction at the plate where he was seeing the ball at times out of the pitcher's hand and knowing whether it was going to go over the fence or not. Uh, It was on all sorts of levels just simply awesome to watch him perform. Uh, ben, uh, we're coming up on the clock here a little bit, but I did want to get to uh, sort of what is the offseason priorities, do you think, for this team? I mean, you got Robbie Ray, who's probably going to win the Cy Young here in the AL, and, you know, he, he kind of came out of nowhere to have this season. Um, you, know, you also, have, of course, have Marcus Semyon that we talked about and how valuable he has been to this team. Both of those are huge pieces that are set to hit the unrestricted free agent market. Do you look at those as being sort of the priorities for this franchise and getting those guys to return is it shoring up the bullpen uh what what is do you think the priority for the front office for uh Shapiro and Atkins here as they head into this offseason it's it's difficult for me to necessarily pinpoint one thing because it looks like the the starters for the most part are back right you got Ryu coming back with Barrios and you got I think Steven Matz is still around um who am I missing in the rotation there of course Alec Manoa how do I forget him I mean the rotation seems to be there but you're losing your ace. So to me, that's got to be one thing, but the bullpen seemed to be the bigger issue throughout the entirety of this season. So where's, where's the priority for you? Well, we have to remember, too, in free agency, while this franchise understands the value of all those guys, especially Robbie Ray and what he was able to do this year, the player also has to want to come back. We need to keep that in mind because Robbie Ray on the, on the free agent market will be also looking very, very closely at the number of dollars and the number of years. And I think for a lot of players today, especially moving into their 30s, and Robbie Ray made that great start the next day, guess what? He turned 30. Mm -hmm. And for pitching, that seems to be a benchmark in front offices for a player that might get four or five years or three or four years. And let's be honest, at the end of the day, that – that comfort of knowing where you and your family are going to be for an extended period of time will go a long, long way. The Toronto Blue Jays know they need to address pitching. That's where it starts. Their success in the American League East, the next push to get to the pennant, will start and end in conversation around their pitching. They know what the offense is there, even without Marcus Simeon, honestly, because they've got guys in the wings, whether or not it's Aurelvis Martinez, Gabby Morales, um, you've, you've got flexibility with Santiago Espinal. If you do go out and you get a Jose Ramirez, maybe from Cleveland in a package deal, you can put Santiago Espinal over with a platoon situation at second base. There are many moving pieces and really good signs for the Blue Jays, honestly, with their positions right now and the depth in the positions. So that's why the focal point has to be on pitching. And for me, we know that starting pitching is still paramount. Take away the conversations of openers and bulk guys and anything. I, the Blue Jays overall want to give the give the ball to one guy every fifth day and let them go out there and work. And the deeper and more consistent starting pitching that you're going to get will will alleviate a lot of problems with the bullpen. Bullpen carried the Blue Jays in April. Mm-hmm. I mean, make no bones about it. They never really got in sync with the starting pitching and the relief pitching plus the offense until, um, you know, early August, and then it kind of disappeared in the offensive side. But September was pretty 
pretty much a three-headed monster for the Blue Jays, but it all started with the pitching. The Blue Jays got better when they got Jose Barrios. And what did Jose Barrios give you? Some durability and some dominance. And if you can go out and you can extend Jose Barrios, if you can lump on another year or two of Stephen Matz, who wouldn't take that? And and then you evaluate the free agent market. And if you don't like what you hear from Robbie Ray or Robbie Ray's people in terms of what they're going to demand, you may be able to get one or two other guys for the price of what Robbie Ray is going to command on the open market, depending on where he ends up. Ben, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you doing this. I, uh, I'm already looking forward to the next Blue Jays season. Um, fortunately, it came up just a, a little bit shy of these playoffs. But uh, I guess while, while I have you, Yankees or Sox, who do you got? Oh, uh, I'm leading Sox, to be honest with you. Home field advantage, uh, eh? Home field advantage, and even though there are some deficiencies in the bullpens for New York are better than versus Boston, um, you know, a lot of things kind of reared their ugly head down the stretch for the New York Yankees again. Uh, I, I just think Boston Boston wins a one-game shootout. Well, I can't wait to watch it tonight. Uh, ben, again, thank you so much for your time and looking forward to hearing you again next season. The countdown is on, Jeff. The countdown is certainly on to Dunedin. Looking forward to it. Yeah, aren't we all? That's for sure. Ben Wagner there, the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. It does stink in my opinion, that we won't be hearing again this season on Radio NL. But like you said, the countdown is already on for Dunedin. 144 days until their first spring training matchup is set to go. Who's counting, though? Am I right? 